Hello there, and a very warm welcome to episode 12 uh, of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. Uh, I'm Neil Shalat, and I'm just checking my calendar to see what day it is, because we've got Ben Griffiths on a Monday. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. I, uh, you chose the rotation option, uh, so you, we'll call you Pep. And yeah, as opposed <laughs> to being the Friday guy, I'm now Monday man, so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, excited to have you, of course, and we've got loads and loads uh, of stuff to tuck into. Uh, we've obviously we'll be reviewing the weekend's action as we always do on these Mondays. So th- there's loads. There's uh, about three uh, trophies that were handed out this weekend, three major ones, which will be uh, well, actually four, uh, which we'll be covering. Uh, of course, loads of games uh, from all over the shop, in- including of course Europe. Uh, we've got some from uh, Africa as well, a couple from South America, a, g- a fair few from Asia too. Uh, and and at the end, a bit of news too. Not 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 really uh, transfers this time, but I suppose there's one which might just about pass as a transfer. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that's the agenda basically for today. Uh, and without further ado, uh, let's get started. Okay, uh, let me quickly first start off uh, with a match from Japan on Saturday morning, which uh, uh, was a bit too early for me, but Ben was keeping an eye on that. W- what did you watch, Ben? Yeah, so we had the uh, the Super Cup. So we had the winner of last season's J1, the top flight, as well as the Emperor's Cup, and that was Yokohama F Marinos. And then second division sign, Vontfere Kofu who were the reigning Emperor Cup champions. Uh, they surprisingly won last season. Um, really fun story they had going on for the whole cup run. Uh, so they played uh, Yokohama F Marinos, won their first ever Super Cup. Uh, pretty interesting game, uh, really. So we had uh, the first two goals. It was a 61st minute winner. Uh, so it wasn't like any any late late drawers or something like that. But uh, Vontfere Kofu had a goal scorer I really like Peter Utaka who is pretty much in J2. Uh, he's played three seasons, and he scored over 20 goals in 40 games uh, each season. So he really is a really strong J2 uh, player. And coming in, he he was in J1 last season. He's back with Afari Kofu, still scoring against uh, J1 side, even though he only got nine goals last season. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, the winner was scored by Nishimura. Um, Elber got one in the 30th minute as well. So... That's our first trophy we're handing out for this podcast. So congratulations to uh, Yokohama F Marinos. And uh, they're hoping to start a good uh, J1 campaign up and maybe defend their title. Yeah, and and I just wanted to mention for those who uh, might have been uh, perhaps a little surprised to hear Ben's pronunciation of Vonfore, uh, uh, that's because it's a French word uh, that the team's uh, name comes it from. Is. That was an interesting fact I found. Um and yeah, as you said, it was an incredible cup run because uh, back in the league, in the J2, they were basically fighting relegation. They just about survived. I think they finished 18th. They, yeah, they barely survived. And, it was an amazing story. The, their fans were were awesome in the, the final. Yeah, the final was cup final was really fun to watch. Yeah. And they'll be playing the Champions League this season. Uh, so Yes, that, yeah, they will. That, that'll be quite something to watch. We'll see. Maybe maybe they, they'll they get relegated while doing... You know, maybe they'll win the AFC Champions League and get relegated <laughs> to the J3. <laughs> Uh, who knows, who knows. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye. Okay, let's move on to more trophies. 
this one uh, in Africa, where of course we were having the Club World Cup. Uh, first, the third place match uh, featuring Flamengo, of course, who were rather surprisingly knocked out of the semi-finals. Uh, they were taking on Al Ali uh, from Egypt, uh, and they ended up winning uh, 4-2. Did Flamengo uh, a, a pretty interesting match actually? Uh, Flamengo did score first, but then uh, Al Ali staged a turnaround. They they equalized, and in the second half, by the R mark, they were in front. Uh, but then in the last game uh, in their semi-final, Flamengo uh, suffered as a result of a red card they picked up, and then ended up losing. And well, it sort of balanced out here because. Uh, in the 69th minute, Al Ali had a player sent off, and then after that, Flamengo went from 2-1 down to winning uh, 2-4 in the end. So uh, they do get that bronze medal uh, at least. But of course, uh, all eyes then turned uh, to the big one, the final, where which featured the first ever uh, Saudi Arabian side to reach a Club World Cup final, Al Hilal, who, who put up a, a, a really good fight, I thought, uh, against Real Madrid, 5-3, uh, the final score. Uh, Real were, were, to be fair, always in control. They they never trailed. They took the lead 13 minutes in and doubled it soon enough. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they, they didn't really look under threat at any point. But a fair play to Al-Hilal for uh, getting those three goals. Uh, and well, they, they can certainly leave with uh, their heads held up high and, and a silver medal too. Uh, so so a, a good performance from them, uh, even though, of course, they didn't come away with anything. Then uh, over in South America... We had uh, the under-20 South American Championships. Uh, we mentioned uh, this on Friday. The The format is such that there, there aren't any knockouts, aren't any finals, but there is a final group stage round, and it just so happened that the top two teams were playing each other uh, in, in what effectively became a final. Uh, Uruguay against Brazil it was. Uh, Uruguay on top with a couple of points uh, lead, so a draw would do for them. Uh, but Brazil ended up winning. Oh, thanks to a couple of late, late goals. Uh, it was Andre Santos, who's of course uh, who was in the news in January because he he joined Chelsea, uh, who, who scored the uh, the first goal of the match 84 minutes in, so so uh, pretty deep in. And then uh, later on, uh, in I think stoppage time, uh, Corinthians uh, forward Pedro got the second for Chelsea. Uh, sorry for uh, Brazil. Uh, and, and with that, they won uh, the championship. We, we uh, do stay tuned if you want to hear more about this one because this week we might just be having a special guest coming on to talk more through the tournament and of course to highlight all the players that stood out because at the end of the day it's a youth tournament uh, and it's a stage for uh, young players to shine. Uh, let's, stay in, let's stay in South America quickly because I just want to mention a bit of news uh, from Argentina where of course the Liga Profesional uh, is a couple of weeks uh, into the new season. Uh, there's, there's three sides uh, at the top, I suppose, uh, three sides uh, on seven points after three games. And, and that's, that includes Huracan, uh, Rosario Central, and newly promoted Belgrano, who who, who have uh, been quite impressive so far. Of course, uh, those results speak for themselves. They they opened uh, their campaign with last, last year's title challengers, Racing Club, uh, and managed a nil-nil draw away from home. Then beat uh, River Plate 2-1 at home, uh, and this weekend, uh, they came away with a 1-0 win uh, against Central Central Cordoba. They are going very well uh, indeed, and, and we'll be keeping a close eye on how they progress this campaign. Uh, let's see what else. We've got, of course, loads of stuff from Europe. So let's first go to Italy, where there was an interesting match on Friday night, Ben. What did we have? 
So we finally had uh, an AC Milan win. Uh, first time in quite a long time. Uh, it's been eight games. So before this game, the only teams uh, that had a worse record than Milan in the last five games was Cremonese, who are still without a win in the league, right? So they this was a abysmal form for, for Milan. They did finally win uh, 1-0 against Torino with Giroud scoring. So um wasn't a resounding win, and they're still probably in poor form. However, we will be looking forward to see what they can do. We have the Champions League coming up, and so they will be playing Tottenham, and they're coming into this match with just one win in, well, a very, very long time. So we'll see how that goes. If they can beat Tottenham, which as a resident Tottenham fan, I think they probably will. Um, I am. You have to hope that something changes in their mentality because, I mean, right now, Milan are fifth, so it's not like oh my god, like they're mid table, they they're they're in shambles, but their form has been terrible. So it's going to be really interesting to follow. Can they turn this one win so far against Torino, another European challenger, into more wins, which they're going to need to do so they don't drop out because six play Lazio behind them, they're at thirty nine points, so there's just two points between them, and then Torino in seventh is thirty points, so they are eleven points above, so they have a lot of uh, leeway uh, after Juventus got their points deduction but yeah certainly interesting i know um milan uh it's just it's just been very poor and we're they have to hope that they can turn this around that this this win is the first of many to come because otherwise there's the risk that they could continue this form and, and maybe torino catches them yeah i mean definitely uh it was a, a pretty scrappy win wasn't it performance wise i mean there's all sorts of stuff going on there tactically with uh, purely switching to a back three, which has improved their defense. Uh, but going forward, they, they looked quite, quite poor once again. But, uh, well, w- when you've got a center forward like Giroud, you just need to put the ball in the box sometimes. And they did that. Okay, o- over in France, just quickly, I want to mention uh, Monaco beating uh, PSG 3-1. Of course, it's a, a more of a second string PSG side uh, uh, d- because of uh, injuries, of course, uh, to the likes of uh, Messi and Mbappe, among others, but but also uh, some some rest because they have that big uh, Champions League tie coming up against Bayern Munich in the week. So a number of key players were uh, benched, and and that that didn't prove to be a good decision uh, because Monaco came away with a, a convincing three-one win uh, in the Principality, uh, and. This is the second uh, consecutive loss for PSG. Of course, we mentioned their loss to Marseille uh, on Friday in the Cup. Uh, and they, they do still have a five-point lead at the top. But I just want to mention quickly Monaco, who are having a, a, a great uh, start to 2023. Uh, it's, what, uh, seven games they've played now uh, in, the, in the league, that is. And they've won five, drawn two, so they're unbeaten. So uh, they've recovered quite well. They're all the way up to third place Uh in Liga now, just a couple of points of Marseille in second uh, with that uh, direct Champions League spot. So, uh, a, a good time there in the Principality. And we've also got loads of other stuff, of course. Uh, the Austrian Bundesliga restarted uh, on Friday night. I think the first match was uh, Sturm Graz, uh, who, who we mentioned last week, beating Salzburg in the Cup. Uh, this time they were up against Rapid Wien, a, a close game, a tense game. And a stoppage time winner for Sturm uh, to to keep step with Salzburg at the top because uh, later uh, on the in the weekend Salzburg would uh, come away with a comfortable win uh, against Austria Lustenau four 0 it was so so the gap remains six points at the top but Sturm just about just about keeping step 
with Salzburg. Uh, let's see, we can we can go over uh, let's to Belgium, where we had a, a couple of big big games. Uh, the two there were two matches uh, between the top four. First on Friday we had Club Brugge uh, against Union Saint Gilles. That ended one one. Of course, Club are the defending champions uh, who who just about edged Union to the title last season thanks to the playoffs really. Uh, but but it's it's not looking good for them this season. Just one win in their last ten uh, league games and five consecutive draws at home. Of course, Scott Parker was uh, appointed a fair while ago. Now we we mentioned that uh, back uh, when that happened almost a month ago, I suppose now. Uh, but he he hasn't really been able to turn around much honestly because they they remain fourth, so they are just about in contention for the playoffs. But they're twenty points of leaders Hank and they only have three points to Ghent behind them uh, and of course if, if they drop behind them then they're out of the championship playoff so uh, they, they really need to get their act together now uh, then uh, later on Sunday it was the it was first versus third leaders Hank against Royal Antwerp who uh, at the start of the season were at the top but have now slipped to third uh, and Antwerp did beat uh, Gank pretty recently in the cup. It was a, a rather convincing 3-0 win. A much closer match here. Uh, I, I thought uh, Gank were perhaps the better side in the first half. They would have probably liked to have had a half-time lead. Maybe maybe they felt that it, w- it would have been deserved. But it was 0-0 at the break. Uh, and then uh, Gerano Kerk uh, got the winner in the 50th minute, the only goal of the match. So th- that cut down the gap at the top to 12 points uh, between first and third and Unio right in the middle splitting them in half uh, but uh, well that might seem big but of course uh, as you must know by now the uh, pro league format sees the top four play in the championship playoff where the points are halved so it, if it, if if you went to the playoffs now the top three would just be six points and everyone plays each other home and away so uh, you know as ever it's it's you're always promised an open uh, title race in belgium couple of other things um there was a, a nice match between Veselo and Ghent, three uh, three, a pretty pretty exciting game. Uh, and there was a debut on Gift Orban, who scored a brace and a, and a lovely brace at that, uh, a sort of a scissor kick for his first goal, and then a brilliant brilliant first time volley uh, for his uh, second. Uh, I think I saw a tweet from one of the broadcasters, so I'll link that below because these were two great goals which you really should watch. And and he's he's of course joined them uh, in the summer transfer window from uh, Stabek, uh, who for whom he scored something like uh, I I need to check, but he scored something like sixteen or 16. eighteen. Yeah, sixteen, 16 goals, goals and four assists in yeah like twenty two games. Five five assists. Oh, five assists. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, of course, that's in the second tier of Norway, but still a very, very impressive return. And I'm quite excited to see how he fares, and Ben certainly is uh, as well. Uh, but Ben's also got something for us from the second tier, because it's a big big weekend down there. What's going on, Ben? Yeah, so we have the the, the second tier is now set, the, the promotion playoffs and the relegation playoffs. Uh, we have those set. So the two teams that were that were there on the on the uh, fence are now Lirsa and, and uh Anderlex reserves, they have made it into the championship playoffs. Uh, so that's set. So right now we have it's 16. The top six teams are uh, Molenbeek, Beveren, Bearslot, Lirza, and then you have Klubruha and Anderlex reserve sides. 
Uh, those are the six teams. Obviously, you can't have the reserve teams go up to play in the top division. Um, that Belgium doesn't allow that. So we have one of those other four teams will end up being promoted. It's just the champions that get promoted uh, this season. So we're going to go from 18 teams in the first division down to 16 teams next season. Uh, so we'll have three relegated from the Pro League, and then only the champions of the Challenger League go up. Uh, a little bit different format for the promotion playoffs than in the first tier, whereas in the first tier you have the points, uh, in the second tier you don't. Uh, so right now, Molenbeek have a three-point lead on Beveren. It's not going to be become like a one-point lead or something like that. Um, and then behind Beveren uh, on 38 points, which are five points, you have Bearsot. So really, we've got two main teams, uh, Molenbeek and Beveren, that are going to be fighting it out. But there's still a while to go, um, and it should be interesting. Uh, other side, we have Lommel, who are owned by the City Group. They are in the relegation playoffs. Um they're almost certainly not going to get relegated. They have 32 points, uh, and currently last place, uh, Virton have 14 points. So pretty much they won't get relegated, but the City Group has put in some money, gotten a lot of staff members and stuff like that. They haven't made it into the promotion playoffs this season, so should we want to follow next season. Um, and then the, the reserve teams, you have Hank's reserves as well as uh, Stano Liege is also in the relegation playoffs, uh, and really just Stano Liege and Hank could be relegated too. They're just five points away. So... Really interesting to follow. Uh, again, just one team promoted this season because they're going to be chopping two more teams off of the Pro League. And we got a big battle at the top now. Yeah, but you, you know, when you mentioned uh, Anderlecht, I just had this thought because, of course, Anderlecht's main team isn't doing particularly well uh, up in the Pro League. Uh, we covered them before. Uh, they're probably not going to get relegated now. It doesn't look like it. But I'm just wondering what would happen in the event that they got relegated and then the results got promoted. Because then they wouldn't be in the same division. Because I think I I I wonder what the rule is. Is it preventing? Uh, them from so they can't same division. They you can't be uh yes. Yeah, so you can't play in the same division, and because this is the, the main two like like pyramids, I guess we could say. So there's just four reserve teams in the second tier, yeah. And those four teams cannot be promoted the first tier. Ah, uh, okay. Because I mean, well, you have to think of those four teams. Basically, we have we have Club Rouge, we have Honorlect, we have uh, Hank, and then we have Standard. Which... Those four teams are. Probably not getting relegated. If they were to get relegated, I I think on our Lexi 23 team would be put down into the amateur leagues. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, what then you just, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah otherwise you just swap. Conflict of interest for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Anderlecht's reserves cannot be promoted. Uh, neither can Club Bruges. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, we've got loads more, of course. Uh, let's quickly check in in Serbia. Uh, where uh, there were a couple of big results in the Superliga at the top of the table. Uh, Krivena Zvezda have extended their lead now to double digits, uh, 11 points at the top. Uh, so, so they had a, a very comfortable win. They beat six, they, they beat uh, Vostovac. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Uh, but, but they had a 6-0 win away from home. Uh, and then the, the, their, their closest rivals, uh, Partizan Beograd, Lost four nil, and 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 that was a really really shocking result. Um, Lados Novi Sad was the side that beat them. Who and and did, mind you, this is a team second from bottom. So, the 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 points difference between them was like thirty three points going into the match. Uh, and then for Partizan Beograd to lose four nil, it's 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 a huge result. It's absolutely shocking. Uh, I think that should definitely uh, spell the end of the title race probably uh, because that, that, that's i mean I, I can't always say that's like a catastrophic result almost and at, at, at a terrible time too because of course 
uh, as we alluded to before, the UEFA competitions are getting underway this week, uh, and Pakistan are indeed uh, in the knockouts. They're facing uh, Moldovan side uh, Sheriff in the Europa Conference League knockouts uh, this uh, this week. But well, that's probably the worst way possible to prepare for that game. Uh, over, let's go over to the Netherlands. Just quickly want to mention Ajax trying to get their act together by the looks of it. Uh, we covered them last week, of course. Uh, we know that uh, Johnny Heitinger will be keeping uh, charge at least till the end of the season. Uh, and he, 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 I, I thought he, he rather impressed me this week. Uh, he, he passed a tough test. The Ajax were at home uh, against AKSF Valvaik. Uh, they, they'd drawn their last four home games. And, and if they fail to win this one, it would, be, it would match a club record uh, in the league. And and they found themselves one nil behind at half time, uh, obviously dominating the ball, creating a, a fair few chances. But uh, to be fair, uh, Erkesh's defense was pretty good. Uh, but of course, uh, they going behind into half time. You know, it's it's it, it, it's not a great position to be in at all, especially under such pressure with uh, all those four winless matches at home. And I I thought this is where Hiding assured uh, how what he's doing different from Strider because. Uh, I mean, I I don't have any stats to back this up, but at least from what I remember, Schroeder was very hesitant to make early changes, early substitutions, uh, and and mix things up. But Heitinger at halftime uh, made a couple of substitutions, uh, sent on Brian Brubby uh, and Calvin Bassi, uh, changed, uh, tweaked a bit some things tactically, uh, and then in the second half, Ajax were uh, a very different side. It was Brubby indeed who got the equalizer, and then uh, the. The second goal was from a set piece, sort of, but Bassi did get the assist for that. So, uh, I, you know, you know, obviously, it's it's great for a manager when that happens, uh, and I suppose credit to him uh, for uh, making those changes. Uh, the 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 rest of uh, the title rivals uh, for Axe did win their games too. So the picture at the top remains pretty similar. Feyenoord top on forty six points, AZ second on forty four, Ajax forty three, PSV forty two. Uh, so that's the top four separated by just four points. Uh, Twente are uh, also there and thereabouts. They're fifth on 40 points, though. So perhaps slowly, just uh, they they may slip back a bit. But yeah, of course, super super exciting title race in store for us uh, over in the Netherlands. In Portugal, big game this week was uh, Sporting against Porto. That ended uh, 2-1 to Porto. Uh, uh, a, a, a very interesting match. Some some interesting stuff going on tactically because Porto, of course, usually defend uh, in, in their four four two formation. But uh, while while they lined up with that uh, this week, uh, they had their uh, left side midfielder Vanderson Galeno uh, was was basically he acted as a, a left wing back uh, out of possession because he tracked Hector Bear in uh, on Sporting's right. So th- that really nullified uh, Sporting's attack, and then. Uh, so much so that Ruben Amorim made a tactical change just 35 minutes in. Uh, he hooked uh, Francisco uh, Francisco uh, Trincao, some signing of course, who, who's not really having a great time over in Portugal right now, uh, and switched to like a two-striker system in more of a 3-5-2, but uh, that didn't really work either. And then uh, Porto took the lead uh, in the second half at the hour. Sporting seemed to equalize later on, but it was ruled out by VAR. Uh, Porto got a second in stoppage time to basically seal the result. Uh, and then Sporting did eventually get their goal through uh, teenage striker Yusef Chermiti, who, who was quite impressive, to be fair, uh, and uh, should be should be pleased with that goal. And that's what uh, two goals and an assist in the last three games for him. So he is one to watch. 
but his side uh, this this week lose again. Of course, that's just uh, a couple of weeks after uh, Porto beat Sporting in the League Cup final that we mentioned, uh, and the uh, it's 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 not been a great season for Sporting at all. Not not against Porto, not in general too. They're down in fourth, fifteen points of Benfica, uh, ten behind Porto, uh, and eight behind third place Braga. So it's it's looking very likely that they won't be qualifying uh, for even the Champions League playoffs. Uh, at the end of this season. But Porto, meanwhile, doing really well. Uh, a gap at the top has been cut down to five points and, and they're on quite a winning streak. I think well, it's it's nine consecutive wins for them now uh, and something like uh, 13 and 14. Yeah, they haven't lost since, uh, what is it? I think it's the 21st of October. Ooh, wow. They have not lost a single game, including yeah. it looks like friendlies and cut matches. I think since the twenty first October when they lost to Benfica, yeah, who were obviously, league. yeah, in 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 the oh yeah, sorry, uh, in the league, yeah, 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 yeah in, in the league. But they but they've literally not lost any Champions League matches, uh, cup matches, uh, or league anything matches. at all yeah. since October twenty first when they lost to Benfica. It's just. Which is crazy because then they do so well and they're still that far behind Benfica. It says a lot about their season. And has, yeah, yeah, and just three, draw, three draws too in that run. Only three draws. I think uh, so. And one of which was in the League Cup. So just two draws in the league and, and still five points behind Benfica. Uh, so that's but, crazy. Yeah, that, that should be a very exciting title race too uh, with both teams really uh, not letting up. And both uh, in the Champions League knockouts as well. Both Benfica and Porto. Uh, so... Uh, that's good job Portuguese football yep good time for them Uh, well let's go to a place where they they aren't really having a good time and that's Valencia we've we've mentioned uh, Gattuso sacking and and Voro's appointment and all that but you know that's just the on-pitch stuff there's there's much more going on off-pitch because and and this is something which has been going on for years and years and years Uh, but but, but the fans are really not happy with uh, the their owner uh, Peter Lim, who has been making loads of questionable decisions, like sacking Gattuso <laughs> and and replacing him, him with Voro, who is basically playing the same way and getting similar results, uh, and and now uh, they find themselves in the relegation zone. In fact, uh, but, but it's it's just uh, you know general mismanagement of the club, uh, and mind you, this is Valencia, which is one of the biggest clubs in Spain historically, uh, a really really major side and, and them getting relegated from La Liga would be a huge, huge deal. But uh, given the way they've been run of late, given uh, all of all of Peter Lim's actions, it 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 wouldn't be the biggest surprise. So uh, well, the the fans, as you as you as you would expect, were were out in their numbers before their match against the Athletic Club this week at home. They they were uh, the stadium was looked pretty empty, but they were all gathered outside. Uh, protesting uh, against the ownership as they have been doing for many years, uh, but uh, well, who, who knows if they they will get change anytime soon? But uh, th- that's certainly a story to follow because the protests are uh, heating up now, as you might expect, since they're in the relegation zone. As I said, uh, let's quickly go over to Germany. We've got some stuff from the top two tiers. First, I want to mention Union Berlin beating Erbe Leipzig two uh, one away from home. Yet another comeback win for uh, Union. They have won all six of their games uh, in 2023 after the restart. And four of those wins have been comebacks. So they've gone behind uh, and then bounced back, including, uh, I think, a couple of late winners and stoppage time winners. So they, they, they just really 
they probably absolutely never ever give up and they just never know when they've lost so they stay within a point of Bayern at the top of the table uh, I, I honestly I don't know how sustainable their their wins are with all these comebacks and I don't know for how much longer they'll be able to uh, keep step but while it is uh, while it is lasting it's certainly very very enjoyable uh, and Erbe Leipzig uh, suffered their first loss at home uh, under Marco Rose, I think uh, it was Alex who mentioned uh, a couple of episodes ago on the podcast that uh, since Rose took over, uh, Erbe Leipzig had amassed the most points in the Bundesliga, even more than Bayern. So, so they were really, really uh, an informed side. Uh, but of course, uh, Unio have, have rather derailed them. And for, for them, that's their first loss since the 17th of September uh, against Gladbach in the league. So a long, long unbeaten run comes to an end with that, and I think I think on a in a on a broader context here as well, uh, th- this was a really significant result because it, th- these are of course two clubs based uh, in 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 a, in the region that was previously East Germany, and from a footballing perspective, rather perhaps you know overlooked, underdeveloped in Germany, you know you'll find most of the the top sides uh, and the most of the Bundesliga regulars uh, are from the West. Uh, and and Leipzig from the east when when they rose, of course the the secret the key to their rise was the the Red Bull takeover, which of course broke the fifty plus one rule, the fan ownership model, and 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 of course it's to this day uh, not at all liked uh, in Germany. Uh, so Union coming up as a fully fan owned club, a hundred percent fan owned club, uh, and, and not just beating Leipzig, but currently in the league table outperforming them is 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 a very very uh, heartening story i suppose for german football because uh, it shows that you know even if you do things uh, the the traditional way with with all the fan ownership and everything you can still have success if you do things properly because of course union's uh, scouting and recruitment has, has been superb and i think another great example that we've mentioned from this window was isal idoni for just 4 million euros so you know that's the sort of signings they're making that they don't have the financial capabilities of Leipzig, but but the, the, what they don't have in finance is more than make up uh, in in their spirit, uh, and mm-hmm. as we see with all these comebacks, so a, a really really a great story uh, developing there. Okay, let, let me quickly uh, further my uh, point as to why the Zweite Bundesliga is the best league in the world by some way. Here, here's what we have this weekend. This is just a teaser of... This is an average weekend in the Zweite Bundesliga. So first, on Friday, Karlsruhe get their first win in nine games, but only after they find themselves behind and have a player sent off. So, so I think it's around the half-hour mark that they're 1-0 down, um, go a man down, uh, but then they go on to turn the game around uh, against Greuther Fürth uh, and come away with a win. Then, uh, after that... I think on Saturday, we have Hanover uh, taking on uh, promotion challenges Paderborn uh, and at home and, and rushing to a 2 0 lead. I think within the first 10 minutes, they were 2 0 up. Uh, but Paderborn turn it around and in the end, uh, they win uh, by four goals to three in, in, in a great match. And then another promotion contender, Hamburg, who of course had, had some off pitch controversy with a couple of their players last week, as we mentioned on Friday. Uh, visited Heidenheim, and this wasn't a half-bad match either. So Heidenheim went up 3-0 uh, in the in the first half, uh, and then Hamburg 
came back in the last what 17 minutes i think yeah their first goal was in the 73rd minute uh, and by the 89th minute it was 3-3 so <laughs> i mean that's just an average weekend in the zweite bundesliga so yeah if that doesn't convince you to watch i, I don't know what will but yeah, yeah 3.2 uh, goals on average over, over each game this week this week this yeah wow. yeah this this weekend at 3.2 goals per game on average which I, i'm going to be honest with you i'm pretty sure that's lower than the past couple weekends yeah yeah so, i think yeah i think we need to run the numbers because it's it's just madness it is so much fun i it hurts me that espn only shows like two uh, two of their games every single week because every single game, literally anybody could win and anybody could win by five playoffs. goals. You 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 cannot try predict it. the full the most foolish thing you can do is is try predicting a Zweite Bundesliga game because the you have bigger chances no... probably at winning a lottery. Yep, <laughs> yeah, no, that that's just the Zweite Bundesliga for you. Uh, but but yeah, uh, of course there'll be loads more going on in Germany going forward, and we'll be keeping an eye. But let's now go over to the UK, where, where we've got stuff from a number of top flights. First, let's go to Wales, uh, where uh, the league leaders, the New Saints, who are also the defending champions, have finally lost a game. Uh, their, their unbeaten record this season has come to an end, uh, and, and they've been beaten uh, by Cardiff Met, Met University. So that, that's the Cardiff University's football team, uh, which has beat them three goals to two. Uh, so... That's the end of that unbeaten run, and that leaves just uh, what well, I think is three teams in Europe's top flight leagues uh, unbeaten uh, now. Then that that includes uh, Rastar Belgrade, Kuvena Zvezda, uh, Karabakh from Azerbaijan, and Swift uh, Esperance from uh, I think Luxembourg. So that that's that's I think the big result from Wales this weekend. Uh, over over in England, we had a couple of things, of course. Uh, in the in the in the women's super league in England, uh, Manchester City and Arsenal played the first match uh, of of the round, and uh, it, it was a big one in the context of the title race because there was just three points between the side. Sorry, the two the sides were uh, a level on points, but uh, Arsenal had played that extra game. So sorry, Arsenal had played the fewer game. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> but. Uh, City came away with a 2-1 victory uh, at home, so that 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 means Arsenal are winless uh, in 2023 uh, in the league in the last three games, uh, and, and have now dropped down to fourth place. And and, and there's been there's been a change at the top of the table too, uh, because uh, Manchester United have gone up to take the lead. They have one point over Chelsea, who beat uh, uh, who, who who were not in action sorry this weekend. So they have played that extra game, have Manchester United, but but they beat Tottenham uh, 2-1 uh, to go to the top of the table. So an, an exciting title race there as well. So there's United on 32 points at the top, Chelsea a point behind with uh, the, that game in hand, City on 29 uh, in third, and Arsenal on 26, but again with a game in hand uh, in fourth. So, uh, you know, if, if, if there's some favourable results, you could have the top four separated by three points, and even if Chelsea win, uh, it'll just be like five points. So, so definitely a, a title race to keep an eye on there. Over in the Premier League, uh, we had loads of controversy, of course, with two human errors in VR, including uh, one uh, official forgetting to draw lines for offside, which is new. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to see how much stuff I can get away with uh, by just simply forgetting. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that that could be really costly because it was it was in Arsenal against Brentford, the league leaders, uh, who who ended up drawing because of that goal which they conceded, which would have apparently been offside. Uh, and elsewhere, uh, Nathan Jones, the Southampton, the previous Southampton manager, was sacked after his side lost to Wolves two one after they went one nil up. Uh, and the uh, were a man up because Wolves had a player sent off. Uh, it was ex Southampton man Mario Lamina, in fact. Uh, but but Jones uh, thought it was it was. Uh, I I think the word he used was uh, it disadvantaged his side. Uh, that that uh, that red card because it it took all the pressure uh, off their opponents and effectively made it a free hit for them. So that so that's definitely a new perspective. Uh, two red cards, uh, and well, I think that this this was always inevitable. Uh, Jones's departure because uh, it, they've not been playing good for football from the start, really. But more importantly, his relationship with the fans has always been poor, and he's been saying all sorts of stuff in press conferences. Uh, so he he's finally been sacked, uh, and Southampton join Leeds uh, in in searching for a new manager. Quickly over in Northern Ireland, we had a big match at the top of the table. Uh, Linfield taking on Cliftonville. Uh, so that's, I think it was second versus third at the time the match kicked off. Uh, and it was Linfield who came away with a one-goal win. Oh, sorry, that was first versus third. Uh, my apologies. Uh, Linfield came away with a one-goal win uh, to, to close down the gap uh, to Cliftonville to just one point. So there were four uh, between them before the match. Uh, and, and now it's just a single point. And at the top, we've got Lan, uh, who who are level on points with Cliftonville, but the, but they do have uh, a game to play. I think they'll be playing that in the week, so they could ex- they could open up a three point gap uh, at the top of the table. Uh, but right now, the top three are just separated uh, by one point. So, so that's an exciting title race there. Uh, and l- l- where shall we move next? Let's let's quickly go to Africa, where. Uh, of course, the the Champions League and uh, the, uh, the 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 con the Confederation Cup uh, started off this weekend. Uh, in the Champions League, there was a debut for Vipers uh, SC of of I think Tanzania, uh, and they were up against uh, Moroccan giants uh, Raja Casablanca, uh, and they ended up losing five nil. So that, that's a warm welcome to the big time for them. Uh, but yeah, of course, we, we'll be keeping uh, an eye on, on how that proceeds, uh, the, the Champions League. And uh, we will, of course, I suppose, as we as we approach the knockouts, uh, we will cover that in, in greater depth uh, as there'll be some big, big games. But let's quickly move over now. Let's go to Asia. Uh, we've got a couple of games from there. And, and Ben's got a really interesting result. What have you got, Ben? Uh, so I have uh, a game for you that is that was very fun. Uh, Wong Tong United uh, four, Boerang United four. So if you remember a while ago, I talked about Boerang United are under they were they're undefeated. They're still undefeated. Um, they were down two nil in the thirty first minute, and it and this is Wong Tong are mid table. They're like they're lower mid or something right now. Um, so it was pretty pretty shocking to say the least. So that was by the 31st minute. They were two 0 down. Uh, Supernat Moyanta, who's one of my favorite players, he then scored an incredible goal. Uh, actually, very similar to Gift Orban's uh, volley. It's the first time volley just right into the top of the net. Um, yeah, it was the 37th minute, so it's two one. So I was like, okay, we got a game on. Uh, or I'm sorry, it was it was three one at that point. Um, 
because they were three nil down very early then became three one and then in the last 10 minutes of the game i believe uh we had three goals from Buriram. They ended up coming back. It was 4-4 four, four because they had a, a brace, uh, and then Tiratam Bumatam scored a really crazy goal in uh, the 83rd minute. But overall, the 90th minute is what we had to wait for our league leaders and our invincibles to remain invincible uh, against a mid-table team. Really, it's just, yeah, 4-1 four, no, four, down in the 47th minute to then draw the game 4-4 four, four in the third minute of stoppage time. Uh, so very tight. Uh, this is not expected at all, but I mean, th- this is a team they've not lost yet. They have, they're technically and tactically really far ahead of a lot of d- other teams. And now mentally they're showing that they can be four, one down at the start of a half and just come back. So I'd say, you know what, maybe they will be undefeated for the whole season. We'll see that, but uh, very, very, very close on a knife edge for Bori Ram. So never know. I think the next two games might be telling if they can keep this up. Yeah, just about giving that record uh, by the skin of their teeth, really. But speaking of uh, invincible sides that are uh, technically and tactically uh, above the rest of the league, seemingly, uh, Mumbai City in, in, the, in the Indian Super League lifted the ISL Shield. So, so basically, they, they won the league stage uh, with an invincible record, with an unbeaten record, uh, and with some records broken. They're, they're the first side to, to do so without a loss, and they've just got two more games to see see out uh, if they want to have a complete invincible season. I think they already have the record for uh, the most goals scored in a season. Uh, they they have they they were level uh, with the points record, which they broke with that uh, f- exciting five three win over uh, FC Goa uh, this weekend. So now they have the points record of forty six points. Uh, and and they could easily cross fifty, of course, in in those last two games. Uh, and and they had the, the their this is the longest unbeaten run uh, these eighteen matches. Uh, and they also had the longest winning streak, I think, uh, nine matches, I think, uh, until their draw against Hyderabad. That sounds familiar, I think. It... <laughs> and yeah, that that does sound familiar because uh, they are, of course, part of the CFG group, the City Football Group, which owns Manchester City, and I suppose. Uh, City had that Centurion season a couple of uh, years ago, and I, I guess Mumbai can spin this as the half Centurion season, uh, of course, if they make it happen. But, but the, the the big one, what they're really competing for, the title will be decided uh, in the in the, in the playoffs. So they will have to keep themselves sharp uh, for that. But at least, at least based on how they're playing, they are by some way the favorites uh, for the title as well as the Shield, which they've won. All right, that's it. we've just got a couple of uh, other stuff. A uh, couple again, we'll just round round over back to Europe. Uh, in in the Romanian Superliga, uh, title challengers and defending champions, uh, Jeffrey Cluj suffered a two nil defeat to Universitatea Craiova, who are who are one of the traditional uh, sides out there. Uh, and and so this gave uh, Farul Constanza, who who we've mentioned before. Torge uh, Haji's side a chance to go four points clear at the top, uh, but they could only manage a goalless draw. And then over in Albania, uh, t- uh, there was a battle between the top two uh, league leaders, Tirana, who are also the defending champions, uh, hosted uh, Vilashnia, who, who you might have heard of, uh, because uh, their women's side played in the Champions League uh, this season. They qualified for the groups. Uh, but, but but the men's team here is, is challenging for the title. Uh, they're, they're first in over 20 years, uh, and and they 
came away with a narrow 1-0 win thanks to a penalty uh, away from home. So, uh, the gap at the top has now come down to just three points. Uh, and, and this could be an interesting title race to follow as well uh, in Albania. And, yep, we've that. I think that's about it. That's, the, that's all the matches we've got. Uh, just to round off, we've got a couple of news items, uh, including one which is Neil Warnock uh, back in back in business because he's I think just a couple of hours before this podcast, uh, he he was appointed uh, by Huddersfield Town. So Ben, what do you say? Do you wanna do you wanna trace his career path? I I, I have two options for you. Uh, you can either do Neil Warnock or an interesting one I saw this week was Carlos Carvalhal. But so that's two managers. Which one do you want? Neil Warnock, I, he, best Twitter presence. Let's do him. Yeah, let's let's do Neil Warnock. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this is a, a long, long, uh, career path. But but, but let, let's find ourselves a place to start. Uh, let's just skip player or manager. <laughs> oh, manager, manager, and and we we will have. I mean, what he's at? Well, like ten, fifteen jobs by now. So so oh, we'll man. have to we'll have to skip a few. So so let's let. I okay. definitely won't know all these names. Yeah. So no. So let's mainly focus on his his top job. So so let's start in the year two thousand. Any guesses where he is? Uh, in the year two thousand, I'll give you a hint. Uh, this is currently. Okay, I, I I'll give you a hint. This is a side that was in the Premier League within the last five years. So it's 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 a team you've heard of, definitely. Uh, oh, okay. I found something nice in the Wikipedia. Let Let's see if you can do this. So aff- affiliated clubs, right? Uh, the this side ha- has the following affiliated clubs. They have partnerships with these clubs, uh, I- including uh, Kerala United FC in India, Bearscott in Belgium, the Central Coast Mariners in Australia. Fenerbahce in Turkey, and Estudiantes in Argentina. This is the seven 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 group, right? Is it? Is it? I don't. No, think no, no. Seven seven right? group no, has that... the standard liaise, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. Um, oh. Nope, done that. But yeah, I think I think they were in the news recently because of their Bearscott takeover. Um. Uh, all no, right, I'll no. give you another hint. They're in the championship right now. They're in the championship right now. Yeah, chasing promotion. That's the best I can do. Chasing promotion. Chasing promotion. Chasing promotion. Okay, and they oh, and they've recently been in the Premier League. Yeah, in the last five years. Oh, I was about to say somewhere in the middle of England, but that's like literally every single <laughs> team in in <laughs> championships. So, I I'm not sure where. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Yeah. Ah, who I mistakenly called Sheffield. On Twitter the other day, oh, no, <laughs> much to the chagrin of <laughs> the Wednesday Sheffield fans. Wednesday yeah. fans, yeah, they weren't Sheffield United. Okay, yeah, so actually, for a fair bit of time, then nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and seven. Oh Jesus! He takes up a couple of jobs in London, uh, in the next five years, and he guesses where the first one is. So, so okay, I'll give you this. I, I, let's do them both together. One of them is a Premier League club, the other is a Championship club, both in London. Both in London. Yeah. Okay, I know he hasn't taken over like. I know he hasn't taken over, like the the big big clubs. Club, yeah. So uh they're in the Premier League. So Palace has to be one, right? Yep. That's right. Okay, it was that or West Ham. Okay. And then in the Championship. Mm. Currently in the Championship. Yep. Queens Park Rangers QPR. Wow, not a bad guess. That's yes. Right. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, uh, Sheffield United, but <laughs> well, that's, that's two out of three. That's decent. Uh, okay, then he moves over uh, to one of the current uh, relegation battlers in the Premier League. I mean, there's uh, a lot of them, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. I'll go raw emotion. I'll go Leicester from uh, they just beat Tottenham. Close enough. Nah, but it's it's Leeds United. That he uh, L to. L something. Yeah, yeah, close enough. But yeah. Not quite. Uh, okay, let's just... one point for that. <laughs> uh, uh, then, he, then he goes back to Palace. Caretaker at QPR, but, but let's just skip those. Okay. Uh, then he goes uh, to another side uh, who, who, who were recently promoted. I think they're back in the championship this season or was it last season? Let me let me quickly oh. check that. But the championship side recently promoted, definitely. I'm I'm thinking this season, but again, my memory before the World Cup is completely toast. Yeah. So let me just verify <laughs> Uh, yep, they promoted this season to the championship. That's a to the championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have I have got no ideas. <laughs> okay, I, I'll give it. It's a Rotherham United. Okay. Spent just less than a year there, I think. Uh, and then he he go the next. Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, probably no. You should should know this next one. Uh, I think he came to the Premier League with them most recently. Oh, this is Cardiff, right? Yep. I think his recent career, I'm, I'm much more knowledgeable on, so yeah. that, that's got to be Cardiff then. Then there's then there's just one job before Huddersfield. So where was he last? I think he, he was at Middlesbrough, wasn't he? Yep, he was. Okay. 20 till like 2021. So yep, that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's about half of the career yeah. of Neil Warnock. But, but a decent effort from you, I think. What a guy. <laughs> you got majority, yeah, I mean, what a guy though, yeah. Uh, well, well, bring, on, bring on those uh, gifts. Of which yeah, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just half his career because uh, l- let me just read through the places he's been before. He's been at Gainsborough Trinity, which I have never heard of. I've never heard of them before. But uh, it's, it's a club established in 1873. So yeah. Definitely. England is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Then he, then he was at Burton, Albion. Oh, okay. Scarborough. Uh, this is the 1980s, by the way. Scarborough. Uh, which I have not heard of. Uh, I met them at Football Manager, I think. Ooh, I think I think, have they folded? Yeah, it, it, I think they had debts and stuff. That's what the Wikipedia page says. Then not Scar- No, I have not met them at Football Manager. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey United. Now we're in the 1990s. Huddersfield Town, Plymouth Argyle, Oldham Athletic, Bury, and and then uh, Sheffield United. Uh, Wow, yeah, those are some names. Oh, and then his playing career has also been at Crew Alexandra, York City, Barnsley, Scunthorpe United, Hartlepool, Chesterfield, and Aldershot, which is a new one for me. Jesus, so, yeah. he's been to like 10% of the whole <laughs> entire <laughs> pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's from, he started playing in 1967, and it's 2023 now. How many years is that? That's How like 56 is he, years. Well, he's seventy-four. Yeah, that's a. Wow. And that's quite a good year. And props, man. Coke. I mean, come on, man, he's retired, isn't it? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he had. <laughs> yeah, I thought because the guy refuses to retire, he'll retire and then he'll get a job and yeah, might as well. But I mean, I mean, you know, top class entertainment. Uh, you know, even beyond the football side, but just having him on the touchline is top class entertainment. So I love to see that, of course. We will, uh, in all seriousness as well, keep an eye on Huddersfield to see how it goes. A couple of other things we got. One thing I saw earlier today was uh, 
uh, um, Jakub Yankto coming out uh, as homosexual on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, I, I just thought it was uh, really nice to A, see that he he, he felt uh, empowered enough to do that, uh, and B, as well, the, the, the replies to his tweet uh, of support from uh, people and also, you know, so many uh, clubs from all over the world. Uh, so this, I, I thought that was really nice to see uh, on Twitter. You know, one of the few nice things, really. Out there, uh, and I, I, I quite interestingly, there was a message of support as well from FIFA, which uh, many people found quite rather interesting. Uh, but yeah, we will leave that there. Uh, some, some, some less nice news from Switzerland, uh, where FC Luzern find themselves in in a real spot of bother uh, in in terms of their their ownership because there's some sort of conflict at the top. Uh, the majority owner, uh, or sorry, rather the, one of the, the, the major, main uh, investors, Bernhard Alpsteg, uh, is is refusing to sign uh, some some uh, some documents th- that they need to get the licensing for next season, and and he is the chairman, I think, uh, of the board, and and there is some sort of uh, political is- issue involved with regards to uh, control of the club uh, between him and I think uh, uh, the fan group or something. Uh, so that's really concerning to see because, of course, if they, if they don't get the license and and then they don't get to play in the Super League, then they will basically be kicked out of the pyramid, really. Uh, so the, of course, Luzern are uh a, 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 a you know a club with with a rich history uh in Switzerland uh and they are having uh a, a decent season this time out. They just about survived. Uh, last season, uh, but uh, they by by the playoffs. Uh, but but this time they are. Uh, I think that they were challenging closer to the uh, top of the table. They're just a couple of points right now of uh, the Europa Conference League playoff spots. So it's it's just uh, really uh, concerning to see that even though they they certainly have having a good time on the pitch, uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on off it. And of course there'll be lots more. Uh, I'll I'll link uh, a thread below by a great account on Twitter called Swiss Football Data uh, about this issue, which explains it better with a couple of articles from local media too. Uh, but, but it is it is uh, an important story to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it, it's not a new story as such. We we see we see it all over the place, all over the time. You know, people trying to take control of football clubs uh, for their own personal interests as opposed to the interests of the club. Uh, but but uh, just uh, concerning times really at Luzern and uh, something to keep an eye on because this will be a developing story uh, till the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, of course, we we do have some stuff to look look forward to in midweek. Not not a lot of league fixtures. Couple of cup games here and there. Couple of rescheduled league games really among the big big leagues. But above all, we've got the UEFA competitions coming back. Uh, of course, uh, we're recording this on Monday. So tomorrow is the 14th, Valentine's Day, which is the perfect time for UEFA Champions League action to return to us. So uh, I will be, of course, we we all will be watching that very closely. We don't need you. Uh, we don't need to really tell anyone to do that. But uh, lest we forget, we've also got the Europa League uh, and the best intercontinental competition, the Europa Conference League, uh, on Thursday, which is I'm, something I'm quite excited for. As well, so some great ties 
uh, especially in the Conference League. What have we got? We've got uh, Bodo Glimt against Lech Poznan, uh, Trabzonspor against Basel, who are not having a good time in Switzerland. Braga and Fiorentina. Ooh, that's, that's going to be a, a fun that's game. Anderlecht uh, at Ludo Goretz. We mentioned uh, Sheriff, uh, Dupatza and Beograd, uh, Karabakh Hent. So, yeah. I mean, that's a proper continental competition. This is the best. The introduction of the Conference League, I this is the best thing that UEFA's done in a long time. Like, long, really? Long time. Oh, my God. It has been, what is it, the second season now? It has been just, like, I don't know, so much fun. I can't even think yeah. of a good word for it. It's just so much fun. It a breath of fresh air to the big dogs always winning in the Champions League and then winning in the Europa League, the couple of big dogs that go down. So, yeah, yeah it has been yeah. quite fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we've got some really nice teams. This is, of course, the the what do they call it? The prel, the knockout round, whatever they call it. This is basically the second team in the group and the third yeah, team like in the, the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, and then but we've got some nice ones in the round of sixteen too. Sivaspor, Slovan Bratislava, Jur Gordon, uh, and who else? Istanbul Besiktas uh, are among the sides who who will be featuring uh, next up in the Conference League. So, yep, very very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, we'll be rounding that up on Friday, uh, as well as looking forward, of course, to the weekend. But that's about it for this episode on Monday. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. Big thanks to you, Ben, for your time. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see you again uh, on the next one. Take care till then. Goodbye.